What is up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast where we teach you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm your host, Sean O'Laughlin. I'm your co-host, Jim O'Laughlin. Also my dad. Hi. And uh, tonight we're talking about, what are we talking about? We're talking about some songs from a few years ago. I'm talking about Crazy by Narles Barkley. And what are you doing? I'm going to do the new Radicals, Get What You Give. Is that what it's called? Get what you give. Yeah, everybody thinks it's uh, you get the music in you, but it's not. No. Right. That's oh my god. That's straight out of what nineteen ninety eight. Something like that. Yeah. Ninety seven. Something like that. One hit one wonder. Total one hit wonder. They were only a band for like a year, and then he just said, yeah, it, "Nope, I'm out." You isn't know, he a producer of, now? Music producer. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been with a lot of different guys and stuff, but uh, a lot of different artists. But really interesting um, song. All right. Well, that everyone knows. We'll talk about that, but before we do, make sure you subscribe to YNL wherever you're listening right now because it's there, and if you subscribe, our new episodes will be pumped directly into your phone automatically, so you can then pump them directly into your ear holes <laughs> and get some sweet, sweet music knowledge. Nice. So nice. make sure you do that and leave us a rating and review because the ratings and reviews really help us get seen and heard and get our podcast into more ear holes. Yeah. So, and the cool thing thanks. is we're getting more and more people every month too, so keep adding to that. That's really helpful. That's right, for sure. And and like we said in the last episode, we are trying to do this as much as possible, but it's very difficult right now um, <laughs> with working from home and watching kids 24-7, and you know we're, we're having a tough time with that, but we're going to try really hard to, to do this. I got a more comfortable setup now. There you go. So... You know, we can we can get into this uh, more often, hopefully. And the good thing is too, if you have a, a, a device, you can just say, "Hey Alexa, play your not listening's newest episode," and it'll come up. That's right. Which is very cool which to is, see it. Which is very cool. Make, it makes us feel more important. Than it does. We are, it does. Which is kind of. It's cool. also a good way to impress your friends. All right. So, <laughs> new radicals, Narles Barkley. If you don't know these songs, or if you forgot about them, or you think they are very forgettable, then you're not listening. So clean out your ears and listen up. Let's do this. Get on the floor! When we first got on, you were testing your mic and you were doing check one, two. It reminded me of when I was a kid. Check, 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 check. And yeah. I, would go, I would go with you to weddings and stuff to, to help you DJ. And you had me check, test the mic. Yeah. Specifically the, um, the wireless mic that you used for toasts and stuff. Okay. And I remember you used to have me walk backwards slowly from away from the DJ table, counting to 10. I did. <laughs> and, and I remember almost every time someone would give me crap about it. By the time I get to 10, they're like, yeah, right, you made it. You <laughs> count to 10. You mean like <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the waiters or waitresses or the bartender <laughs> yeah. or something? I'm like th- I'm like 13 years old and like don't <laughs> don't understand sarcasm yet and just get offended by everything and angry. Right. Right. And I'm like, what the hell are you? <laughs> Right. Just, I had a I had a flashback to that. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that you know you're, uh, you know you're either going to be um, something that's going to that you're going to enjoy, or you're going to be in therapy over it for the rest of your life, kind of thing. So yeah, or both. All right, I got a dad joke. You ready? Ready. What do you call a square that's been in an, in an accident? I don't know. A rectangle. Oh, with a W. Aha. Uh huh. I gotta yeah. add like a wah wah sound yeah, effect in there. Yeah, no. Mwah, mwah, mwah. yeah. And then everybody is like, I'm not listening to this podcast. I just shut it up. <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about music, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep listening. All right, how about what happened um when the shark got famous? He became a starfish. Nah, okay. A little yeah. better. Uh, sorry, not much. I know. So. A little better. Okay. I wanna get right into it. Um I wanna start with my song this I was time. So you go first. I, I love this song. 
Narrows Barkley, crazy song was huge in like what 2004 yeah, maybe like yeah, that. yeah when i was in high school maybe 2005 yeah it was huge it was like top of the charts in europe for like record-breaking weeks like 19 weeks or something everyone like that. knew that song you heard it 10 I times think a day it was, i don't remember what year it came out but i think it was like song of the year so let's go listen to it it's a killer groove it's really fun to like move your body to and it's just a really cool sound that's kind of unique so Go ahead to the playlist or click the link in the show notes for the video and come back and we'll talk about it. I mean, did that bring back some memories? Yeah, yeah. Love that song. Such it's funny, a good groove. And it's funny, I just like reheard that again this past Sunday on Live from Daryl's House because CeeLo Green was, they, they played an episode where CeeLo Green was on with Daryl Hall. CeeLo Green they is crazy so talented. underrated. Yeah. Crazy talented. Crazy good. With short little stubby arms. I don't understand it. <laughs> he's but a T-Rex. Crazy good. When I was... He's a T-Rex. He is a T-Rex of a man. If ever there was a T-Rex of a man, CeeLo Green is one. <laughs> and so when I was in college, Naros Barkley came to URI. Oh, so, okay. So Naros Barkley was really big when I was in high school, which means when I was in college, they were they didn't really have any other hits, really. Yeah, right. Nowhere, anywhere near the level of this one. And so by the time I was in college, they were kind of like almost has-beens, right? Okay. So they came to URI. I got a ticket. I went there. There was maybe 100 people at the show. No. Maybe 200. I'd say probably, yeah, actually, probably like between 200 and 300 people at this show. Okay. In the Ryan Center, which is, for people who don't know what the Ryan Center is, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like the garden. Like, it's a really big basketball stadium. Not stadium, but like a a big venue. Yeah, Yeah, arena. Um, Yeah, it's an arena. So there's like 200 of us on the floor with Naros Barkley playing. Remembering, and it was such an remembering this show. song from from high school that we can't wait to hear. Right. And so I didn't know any of their other songs really, but it's possibly one of the best shows that I've been to, one of the better concerts I've I been to. You said they were that just in the past. so good. They just they they killed it. And every song they did, I was like, this is awesome. Like it's a killer groove and they just they have killer harmonies and they had really good backup singers and they put on a good show. You know, it was like a flamboyant show with big costumes and all this stuff. And they, yeah. they just killed it. And it was really, really cool. And it was really neat because it felt so intimate because there was like such a small group of people there and, and we were and, right up on the stage. And, and that like, didn't affect really them. Cool. They still put on a good show no matter what. They Yeah. They just, they killed it. Yeah. Nice. I loved it. Nice. I loved it. And I remember you saying that, that you know, you, we have a, like, I think a Niles Barkley CD here somewhere. Is that when you picked that up afterwards because you liked more than just that song? Uh, you must have gotten that for DJing. I never had it. Oh, uh, maybe. I didn't have that album, I don't think. It could have been, yeah. Really good stuff, though. And this song is, I think, so cool because it's so different from anything that was out at that time. When I was in high school, when it came out, there was no song on the radio that sounded like this, that had no? a killer pocket groove like that. Great that was bass. just that, that straight bass line. I mean, this yeah. bass line... It, it, so... Okay, so they sampled a song for this from a spaghetti western from 1968 called Django Prepare a Coffin, which is an unofficial prequel to the movie the movie Django. You know, Django, not yeah. Django Unchained. Django Unchained is is Tarantino that's later. Yeah. But um Django Prepare a Coffin was an unofficial prequel to this and it was a song I I'm not going to try to say it in Spanish, but <laughs> a- apparently the song translates to Last Man Standing by 
Gian Piero uh, Reverberi. Reverberi. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but if you listen to it, I mean, it's exactly the same. The dun, 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 dun. And it's even, if you listen to this song, you hear almost every part of that song with even the background vocals, that really kind of dramatic, operatic type background vocals. So the bass and everything else is layered right over that? See, I don't I don't hear the sample and stuff. I mean, you played it for me, so I understand it now, but I didn't hear that as a sample. Well, they they played it. Like, they... They, I guess, kind of covered it. Oh, okay. I don't right. know if they sampled it directly. Electronically, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think they recreated it really. It, you know what it reminds me of? It's like um, it's like Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure, right? Okay. So, you know, it, when people give Vanilla Ice crap for it, he says, no, no Under Pressure is do 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 And Ice Ice Baby is... So there's like the add that extra note, right? Yeah. Same with this. Yeah. You know, and so they add it, but so they're playing that, but that's that's the direct inspiration. They they say that, like they and, explain that. And and to further explain what a spaghetti western is, you know what that is? <laughs> I mean, I I have an idea, but I don't know how to really articulate it. Yeah, Do you it was, have a good way of describing it? In the sixties, is they would just they would you know have these. Um, Pretty cheesy. I don't even know if you call them B movies. You know, maybe C movies. Clint Eastwood was in a few: The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and you know, for mm-hmm. a few dollars. Yeah, The Good, more Bad, and the Ugly is like the one that people think of. Yep, for a few dollars wah, more. Wah, wah. Right. Um, and they literally would go over to, to to Rome and cut these things in sound studios and bang them out for cheap, cheap money and bring them back and make a lot of money. It was like a like a um, factory. Get them in, get them out. Get them in, get them out. And you know, the most famous ones, obviously, are the, are the Clint Eastwood ones, but there's probably hundreds of others, hundreds of other ones that it, it was, it was, it would, I think it was a short lived kind of genre and stuff, but it was it's like an American version of like Bollywood stuff. Exactly. They just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, recreate the same story over and over again yeah. with different people in different settings. And yeah, actually the music was always that. like that, though. I mean, if you, if you listen to the, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly, like that's what you're, you're looking at. And if yeah. you've seen Django Unchained, the beginning song where they do that, that Django, like that is directly from this spaghetti western. How, how's that again? Called Django. Django. That's okay, how it goes. <laughs> Let's look it up. It, I'm telling you. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, that's how the movie starts, and it, it's it's that it type like? of song. What is it? I, I don't know. I forgot. I, don't, I can't. I can't do. I can only do that so many times <laughs> before Sam starts banging on the floor above yeah. me. You know, <laughs> Django. <laughs> but. It's cool because it's such a unique sound, and they put this kind of electronic pocket beat on top of it, yeah. which is just such a driving groove that you can't not dance to it, which I love songs that, like, when you listen to it, you can't not move your body. Like, you have to move. Them, you have to be in that groove and, and we're if all you the listen others, to it. We were all the other songs that they played at the show, very similar. That you couldn't they were all like move. that. You couldn't not move. Really nice. It was so fun. They they were so good, and then when CeeLo Green started coming out with his solo stuff, it was no wonder like that that was so good too, because, because he was the heart and soul of the band. He was, and the he was, and, all, and right? it was a okay. duo. It was technically it was a duo. It was him and Danger Mouse, and oh, um, Danger Mouse. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's Narles Barkley was those two. Okay, uh, right. and um, so kind of funny about the lyrics. They said lyrics of this song were developed out of a conversation by the two of them. Uh, according to Danger Mouse, he said, I somehow got off on this tangent about how people won't take an artist seriously unless they're insane. So we started jokingly discussing ways in which we could make people think that we were crazy. 
<laughs> so CeeLo Green took that conversation and made it into this song, which we recorded in one take. Which is, if you can record that in one take, yeah, and then pretty, be on the top of the charts in Europe for 19, uh, 19 weeks straight. Yeah. I mean, um, get so out of was here. there a show a lot of electronic stuff, or was it live in, live instruments? Was it a full? It band? was a was lot. It? Of, it was a lot of keyboards and and uh, synthesizers. They have, they have and, a DJ and stuff in the background and stuff. And yeah, but I, but the cool thing is they traveled with a live a, a band. Oh, they had okay. a bassist, they had a guitarist, they had a, a drummer, but then they also had someone on on um, turntables, and I think they had some synths and keyboards nice, and stuff too. Nice. So it was, it was cool. Cool, cool. But that was short lived because shortly after that he went he went solo. And what's cool, if you listen to it, like, you know, when you think about the spaghetti western thing and you picture all of the, the music and the sound effects in those types of movies that's always uh, in the background, you know, like whiplashes and like the wind and all that stuff that yep. they just, it's, it doesn't like, it doesn't match up with like what's on the screen, but you have to have it yeah. <laughs> to set yeah. the atmosphere, right? In this song, you hear like that wind blowing. It does it kind of right around every time the chorus comes in, but around... A minute, 30 seconds in, you can really hear it prominently. If you listen again and you listen closely to the background, you hear this, especially if you have good headphones in or listening out of good speakers, you hear just in the background this kind of just So it really is a tribute to it, too. It wasn't it's, just that they It's a direct, it's a dir yeah. they call it a direct sample. I don't know if wow. it is a sample of the recording, but like that's the inspiration for the whole sound. And he even based the melody off of the melody of the horns that's in that original song you know those those songs always had like big i don't is that a is that a trumpet i'm guessing it's a yeah, trumpet that but plays it those almost parts. sounds like a mariachi band's kind of sound or something yeah exactly and and the melody that that ma that trumpet plays is a lot slower but he kind of based the melody off of that as well so it's like so again i have these kind of conversations every so often you know when you see a show that's like on tv that's completely stupid or a movie that's just like ridiculous. I always try to picture like, who are these people sitting around the boardroom saying, hey, here's an idea. Let's do right. a, a movie about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really? You guys came up with that? So now fast forward, CeeLo Green, Danger Mouse, like watching this Spaghetti Western, like listening to that soundtrack and say, oh, I know what we can do with it. Like, where did that come from? You would think like, talk about different genres. like. But, you know, the music in those, and so it, it's such a cult thing, you know, and the music in those is actually really stand up. It's so prominent. Like when you hear that music, it, it puts you immediately in the setting of those types of films. Especially in the and, 60s, true. And true. it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's almost like you get like this surf guitar mixed with mariachi horns and really kind of in, intense feel around. That, that, wow, that, the visual you just gave me with that. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. that's what it is. So it doesn't have it doesn't usually have a lot of drums. It's usually driven by the guitar, which kind of has this this surf guitar type clean tone to it. Okay. And then you get the, that mariachi style trumpet with a whole lot of reverb and echo coming in on it. Right. Um, and it always meant this, to be in the background, you know, it, because it, all it is is filling in for some you know guy walking across a dusty street. Right. But it's not in the background. They crank it up so it's like the only thing that's there. There's like no background sound. It's just the music when you're watching it, okay. and it has this, such a vast big sound to it like you're out in you know like you're out in the desert somewhere you're while in you're this watching big the scene town. itself okay yeah and uh it, it has such a presence and they all sound the same <laughs> you know <laughs> so again CeeLo Green sitting around watching that saying hey I think I can make a song out of that you know come on like, right where did that come from I mean maybe they just love that genre I yeah mean, yeah you know every um Ash Wednesday me and Sam watch 
Army of Darkness, which is just such a stupid slapstick comedy <laughs> horror movie, but like I love it and we watch it all the time. Like you guys are such romantics. Yeah, I know it's a tradition. <laughs> but, but um, you know, like people like that stuff because it's fun and yeah. it's an escape. And, well, yeah, and and those guys, you know, if you think about it, like, hey, what's the, one of the more outrageous things we can do to bring something to life? Hey, I have an idea. Spaghetti right. Western, you know, from sixties. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's just such a groove. I mean, that I, I'm pretty. I don't know if that drum part was played by someone on a kit in the recording studio. Yeah. It sounds so tight that it's like a, it's probably a drum machine. Yeah, I didn't do enough research to to figure that out, but I assume it's a drum machine because it's so tight. But that's what makes it such a good dance tune, is it's <clears throat> it's so consistent and it's reliable. Right, and you, it's not like a crazy cl- dance that you, dance tune that you're going to be rocking out to in, in a club. It's just a groove. Like when you're driving or when you're working, you know, vacuuming the floor or whatever, like but, you can just kind of bounce and go along with it. And it's just so pleasant to the ears, but it also has that kind of hectic sound to it that you get from those, those spaghetti Western yep. type songs. I, so I it's a cool mixture. That, that from a DJ point of view, that was a go-to. And three, four beats in, everybody knows it like, oh, and it would fill the dance floor. Well, it has such a distinct, you know, that everybody beginning, that it. bump, 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 yep. bump. and and you know it immediately and i bet if you were still djing today if you played that song it it would kill it every time yep still to this day and it's one of those if you're sitting down like oh i love this song let's get up right Right. and you have to have cool lyrics too yeah and and complicated lyrics it's not it's not i mean it's not anything deep or anything but it's not easy it's it's it's, um you know it's it's pretty you know uh, quick in, in the in the way that they they kind of deliver them. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's just it's a cool melody. It's cool lyrics. Um, CeeLo Green has such a unique voice. Yeah. With that kind of, I don't know if that's his head voice or if that's just where his register is. I mean, I think he speaks with a pretty high voice too. I think it's just where his what his voice is. Yeah. And I don't know if it's something genetic because maybe he's you know got something going on because he does have kind of those short little arms. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't want to make any judgments about him, but he's no, an incredible he artist so don't uh, and do a, that, a really so. good writer. Yeah. Um, this past Sorry, week, w- watching that uh, that episode, and again, I think it was 2013 or whatever, of Live from Daryl's House there. Is that the name of it? Live from Daryl's House? I think, I think that's it. I think um, so, yeah. And um, so basically he a has cool an show. Artist. If you haven't checked out that show, check it out. Oh, it's great. Because basically he has an artist up to his house in upstate New York. And it's an old colonial house, and they built a beautiful studio. And he'll have somebody come up who has their own genres and their own songs and a lot of times it's very different they'll play one or two songs from the visiting person and then a couple songs from hollow notes hollow notes and then they, yep. they they'll have a meal and they'll sit down and, and talk about food and they'll sit down at dinner and talk about how you got started and and you know some of the things about it. it's a pretty cool format yeah i happen cool. to just watch it this weekend it's it's showing up again on um i think it's access tv it's it's like coming back because for a while it was just online and stuff you couldn't access it but now it's it's back. Mm-hmm. So Sunday was the first one back, and it's like, oh, back, back on. It happened to be CeeLo Green, ironically, that That's you, you're funny. talking about that thing. Yeah. And very cool guy. His voice is- Very smart. Very, very smart. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, talked a little bit about Niles Barkley and how the name came up and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he was, he was also a funny guy. But he was also very, very humble and very appreciative of, of Daryl Hall and, you know, his soul and all the other uh, things that they've done. So it was a real um, mutual admiration thing that they did. And the cool thing is with his high voice is um, 
one of the songs that they did of Hall and Oates um, had some really high pots, and the seal says, "I can't wait to sing this," and he just nailed it. Um, oh, he kills it, yeah. Yeah, because because really and good. it was just and it, and I think they they said it didn't know when they were talking like yeah we did that in one take and it was just the same thing that they just had a chemistry that was um that was that was really good so it was nice. He seems to be see. to have a very reliable voice. Like I feel like he does a lot of things in one take, you know, which is probably yeah, yeah, why the show yeah. that he put on was so good. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I he think seems he's just like, reliable. The the word I I would have thought about after watching that thing on Sunday, uh, and then hearing what you said, um, was polished. Yeah, you know, just he he's got it. You know, so. yeah. And um, it seems natural to him. He's, he's it probably came fairly easily to him. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And and I know he's done a lot of other producing for the artists and all too. But um, oh yeah, yeah, just a talented, talented guy. Yeah, cool song. Yeah, well, so, super cool. And I just right. let, you know the second you hear it, again. You know, last week or one of the, I think maybe last week we talked about, you know, the music that defines your musical taste when you're in your impressionable years, that yes. type of music has such a huge influence on what you like now. I was like a sophomore or a junior in high school. I think I was a junior in high school when this song came out, Okay, maybe even a senior. So like mm-hmm. I hear this song and it brings me right back to a specific, you know, time and place. <laughs> and uh, it's cool when music does that, when all of a sudden like. You're in high school again, and you're like driving to basketball practice. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like your world is just so consumed by something that is so different and insignificant. But at that time, it feels like the biggest issue yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, and so like it's such a different world, and that's what this song does to me. It brings me right back to like my high school days, which is so kind of nice drive- to revisit every once in a while. You know, when you're driving back to basketball practice, are you driving in the caddy? No, driving in the Sebring. Sebring convertible. <laughs> the caddy didn't drive in the winter, man. I had to put it away for the winter. That's true. That's true. So, and and, and again, um, one of the things about DJing for all the years I did, I kind of got, I love spoiled is a good word, maybe damaged, that um, they became work songs. So I, I had less and less of that. Yeah. And there were songs that like you know, oh, you hear a song in the radio, yeah, it's a good song, yeah, that's a DJ song, yeah, that's a DJ song. And then when I and that's why away it's from, great for to, for what we're doing here because you can revisit that. And realize how good of a song this is. I bet a right. lot of people are, ha- are have have a fatigue with this song as well because it was so overplayed. I mean, this was like the all star of two thousand four or two thousand five, right. whatever year exactly. it was, whatever year it came out. Like, yeah, and, you could not turn on the radio without hearing either sure, either MTV, Hey Ya or Crazy. Yeah, and I'm sure like you know MTV Awards and you know this mm-hmm. and the, the Grammys and yeah, all that stuff. Too. It was yeah, everywhere. Over, and, oversaturation. And, yeah, so I'm sure there's some fatigue with this song, some listening fatigue, and I, right. I think that to go back now in 2020 and re-listen to it, you Appreciate realize it. that it's such a standout song, and the reason it was so popular is because it's so unique, right. and it's so, you know, it's such a, a driving beat that you you can't not dance to. It's just really well put together, and uh, it's it's just I think unique is the best way to describe it because it stands yep. out from everything else uh, yep. around it. And still to this day, there's not too much that that has that similar sound. No, no. I think of something that's going to be similar like that is is smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. That was yeah, so a bit, oversaturated. But it doesn't but a have good that song. smooth. Isn't tight like that. No, but it's such a but, good song but, because of, because oh, of the okay, really yeah. tight so guitar. Same same idea in that, but oversaturation. But yeah, you know, if mean, you go back and listen to it now, it's like that was a good song. That was a great song. Yeah. We maybe yeah. we'll talk about that song sometime. Yeah, and good collaboration but, too with Rob Thomas. I love Rob Thomas, so. Right. So um that's right. why you, I chose this song. I think, you know, if you go back and listen to it, it's one that you could listen to over and over and over again and just keep grooving 
yeah. and not really realize that you've listened to it like 10 times as you're doing something else, you know? <laughs> so so let me ask you the question. You ready? Yeah. Favorite part of the song is what? Uh, the very beginning. Dun, 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 dun. Iconic, right out of the gate, right? I love yep. it. Yep. I love it. I love when uh, after that fourth beat when it just kicks in with the bass and the drums and everything. Yep. Like I love that. And he's right into the vocals. I remember when. I yep. remember. I remember when I lost my mind. Like right. right from the beginning. And I I love that. I love the very beginning of it. You're singing a lot tonight, Django. Yeah, I haven't done this in a long time. I I, <laughs> I have not gotten a chance to talk about music in a very long. I know. Time. That's why I wanted to do it because I know it's something that you enjoy so much. I do too. So yeah, it's so, been cool. a very stressful couple of weeks. So I'm I'm glad I'm getting to do yep. this. So. And then if I was to, let's see, if I was to have anyone cover this song, I would love to, I mean, the obvious answer for me is the Gorillas. I would love to hear the Gorillas do this mm-hmm. with more of an electronic sound and maybe put like a, a, a rap verse in the middle of it would be pretty cool. But I also think it would be cool to be done by like a reggae band. Yeah, I was thinking so, something with a heavy bass. So maybe someone like like slightly stupid maybe. What was that band? That we saw that um, opened up for OAR. They were from Canada. I've seen so many bands open. Oh, Ill Scarlet. Yeah, Ill Scarlet would do a really killer yep. cover of this band. Yep. Uh, if you a don't very know who band. Ill Scarlet is, you need to check out that Ill Scarlet. They're they're so good. They're a a, a punk dub reggae band from Canada, yep. uh, mm-hmm. which sounds so weird, but they're like they're amazing. Listeners yep. need to go check out Ill Scarlet. They do not get the love that they deserve. Yep. Yeah, great version of uh, "You Love Take Me Higher." You know? Yep, they would uh, they would kill this song. That's yeah. a really good yes. Good job, Dad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good hey, job. So, anything else about so this often. song? No, I love it though. Love it. Good choice. Yep. I'm glad you didn't surprise me with something. Change it up with something else. No, no. Like you fooled me last time. I can't time. do that That's every time. Nice. I I don't have the bandwidth to come up with that kind of stuff every time. <laughs> so nice. All right. Hello, my name is Nick. And I'm Mika. And we are the Sound of History podcast. Each week, I try to teach Mika music history by telling her the story of a musical style or artist. Join us every Thursday as I learn the whole story of American popular music. Let's get into your song. What do you... Uh... Okay. Well, I almost did... Um, I was really close to doing Alicia Keys because I'm on a Alicia Keys kick right now. And then I thought, oh, that's that's not as fun. And, you know, it's a good song that I was going to do and stuff. But um, I, I wanted to kind of change up. And then I realized I looked through my, my list of songs on the podcast. And this one that I'm doing, uh, The New Radicals, um, Get What You Give. I just, um, I, I have a a perfect picture of that album cover. Yep, yep. And with the I feet, hate it. and he's sitting there with the hat. And- yeah, with the, it's so, ni- it's the most 90s album cover you can yes. get. Because yes. it's like it's like a fisheye lens with his feet up in the front, and he's got like yep. a bucket cap covering his eyes. Oh my god, yep. it's yep. like purple exactly. and yellow. Yep. And then I hated the CD itself because the CD itself, the top of it looked just like the bottom. What do you mean? The the disc, you couldn't tell what was the top and what was the bottom. Oh, there's yeah. one little line. <laughs> so there's one little line in white letters. It's tiny, and it says dot dot dot. Maybe you've been brainwashed too. I this is so. Uh, I remember this okay. so specifically. But wow. The top of that CD, besides that one little writing, looks just like the bottom of the CD. Really? So, so, so you could put it in upside down. <laughs> you could be playing it upside down. Who knows? Like, drove me crazy. Wow. No, it's one of those. It's amazing songs how that, you remember stuff like that. 
but I had it on my playlist twice. So I figured maybe I'll do this one tonight because it's going to be something a little different. And obviously I want to do it for, you know, for something that I enjoyed. All right, let's go listen to it. Check out the playlist or click the link in the show notes and then come back and we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, it's a it, you know, it's a little cheesy. It's a lot cheesy. It's it's pretty cheesy. Yeah. It's uh it, it's in the cheese, as we say. I, I'm not so sure it was cheesy then. I think it, it's a little the, deep in the cheese and it dates itself really badly yes. at the end there. Yeah. It really yeah. dates it. It's got a, a direct timestamp. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you if you ever saw the video to it, the official video to it, they're taking over an iconic mall image of you know there's the the, the escalator going up up the, the the second floor and it's got the fountains and you know and there's a crate and barrel store and all this stuff and all of a sudden you know these kids just come in and kind of dominate the entire place and take over for all the you know the highbrow people and the bankers and all mm, that. it's like the cages. most recent season of uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know and. Uh, you know, a lot of the the the, the boys have uh, those pants that are like the skater pants that are like you know oh, fourteen the, feet wide. The Jenkos. Yeah. Yes. yes. Jenko and, jeans, uh, man. Down to the down Crazy. to the uh, down to the floor and all that stuff. Yeah. So it dates itself that way too. And again, the bucket cap and and the whole bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. But, I mean, that was that was life though, man. That was the nineties. Yeah. yeah. That was the mid nineties. That's it. See, and one of the reasons why I like this song is I always like a good hook, and this isn't a song you could play. At a lot of functions, but you could always play it at a high school prom dance, whatever. Well, at that time. At the time. You right. cannot do that now. You can't do it a year or two afterwards because then it's old and it's cheesy right. and it's like, oh, why are you playing this stuff? So you had to play stuff that's obviously current and, and out. And again, right out of the gate, right when you first hear it, you know the song right away. Kill a chorus. Everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what... Typically, you could do, and there's not a lot of songs you could do this, but you know, when it's getting ready, it's like, okay, everybody sing the chorus, shut the music down, 500 kids screaming, don't let go, turn the music up, can't, and, and it's like, and it works, and then you dance the rest of the song, and then back Did to the chorus, you do it again. I feel like some of that, I feel like that stuff doesn't really work as, as often, does it? You have to, mm-hmm. you, you can't, you can't force it, you can't do it a lot. I used to maybe do it once. Because you tell a lot of stories like that, and I'm trying to picture it, and I'm like, would that really happen? Yeah. I, I guess oh, I'm yeah. thinking in yeah. the context of now, like. No, no, but think happen. of it. You know, when you've got you've got how many kids at a middle school dance, right? You know, uh, and and this is the biggest song, or or you know, even like you like you just did with your song, crazy. When you've got the biggest song that's out, and you're playing, especially in high school, college, you know, whatever it happens to be. The chorus, everybody knows it. Everybody's going to sing it. You can kind of pull it off that way, right? I guess I, I guess you know. it. You know, you think back to when like "Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy" was really big. There you go. And people just scream that. And it's yeah. like that's like the dumbest thing ever. Yep. But I guess yeah. yeah. But okay. you know, yeah. it, you you pick your spots, and again, you can't. I don't think you can do it often during the course of any any given function. You you maybe do it once. Or, or twice, but you, you you don't kind of go back to it because then it's kind of leaning on an, an old, that's a trick. You're leaning on a trick? Yeah. Well, you know from playing live, it's audience involvement, mm-hmm. and you get them involved, and they're going to be more engaged, and they're right, going to stay right. with you for the rest of the night kind of thing. So yeah. So I would I would I remember doing that at a couple of middle school and high school dancing, just having 500 kids scream in that chorus and stuff. <laughs> so. But you're right. It, is, it sounds cheesy now, but it's still a good song. Right. Still a good song, and and I I mean you probably know them more about more about them than I do, like, I mean the guy who who's the the main guy the uh, Greg Alexander Greg yeah Greg Alexander, who I guess they had like a 
revolving door of, of artists that would be part of the band and all that stuff. But there was like one main guy, that guy who's the lead singer mm-hmm. and, and the picture on the on the front. Yeah, he's got a pretty uh, unique voice, but nothing too out of the ordinary. No, no. Um, one hit wonder. I think there was a follow-up one that, that didn't do as well. And the band only was in, in business for a year. Have a nice day. We're done. Walk away. I mean, it was you a know, huge song. It was. They and probably wrote was, this for a little while. Yeah, and I'm sure part of it was... You know, at the time, oh, you know, we want to fight the man and do the, we don't want to do the corporate thing. Hence the, you know, the, the, oh, the speech at the end with, you know, big bankers buying and Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson and all that. Yeah. Um, That's where it dates but, itself. Yeah. They yeah. talk about Hanson. They talk about Courtney Love. Hanson, right, right, right. Yeah. It dates. Um, it's, it, it's a, that's the timestamp. But, but, you know, if you, you think about it, when that song is big and think of the, by the time and think about, you know, and he says it right, I think the first, the first um, verse, you know, when you're, you know, age 14, like, it's a coming of age song. It's like, okay, again, new radicals, however you want to kind of term that and everything, but like, we're going to bust out. We're not going to be those kids anymore. We're going to kind of claim our own spot. Mm-hmm. And that's what the videos are all about too, is kind of taking over. And it's, the, you know, the coming of age, like this is going to be our world and, and we're going to take it over right Which now. Which normally those types of songs are played by like punk rock groups. Yeah. You look at the Ramones, yeah. you look at the Clash, like those, you know, Misfits, those types of groups. Uh, this is right. not that sound at all. <laughs> well, and- when you when you hear from those kind of groups, you know when you hear the Clash or you know you hear Iggy Pop or something do it, you're talking about a limited audience. A lot. That's of times. very true. Yeah, that's true. This was mainstream. Yeah, super and mainstream. It went big that way. Super poppy. That. Super poppy. Um, so you know every skater loved this song, and and every you know high school jock loved this song as well at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think it had a huge shelf life. I don't think it was on the, the charts for as long a time. No, 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 it no. Was, it's a it little bit overseas. more underground. I mean, I think yeah, for it, I think music people love it, continue yeah. to love it, but um, it was it was big overseas. I understand. Makes sense. But I it, think the but, singer is from the UK, be, yeah. maybe. I, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that they like they did this album, and then he was just like, "Okay, I did that. Like now, I I prefer to do the producing." And I think he's a producer, or he was a yeah, producer, and and has credits. Uh, if you look at some of the research and everything else, this um, song probably built a recording studio. Yeah, right, and he yeah. just pr- produces stuff. And but I'm, has credits with a lot of very credible people. I think in in years after this, yeah, as well, and very respected, including the people I guess he dissed at the end. You know, he had a good relationship with Beck and Hanson and, you know, all those guys oh, as well. Beck. Yeah. We're going to have to Beck. talk about Beck at some point. Crazy, crazy talented oh guy. Oh, my God. Hard to understand, but yeah. Oh, my God. Beck, though. Like, he came out with that newer album a few years ago, and it, like, it hit number one, like, within 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because people were craving something good, right? <laughs> I mean, well, they, yeah, they want something different, I think, you know, and yeah. he fills that. You know, yeah. he always has. All right. We're not talking about Beck tonight, though. I'm no, sure we will at no. some point. So you know, I I just I love I love the chorus. You know, I think it's fun. Uh, and again, uh, there are some songs that lend themselves to me having a little more of a conversation about it via via DJ versus you know me loving Sly and the Family Stone. You know, because right. that was personal to me kind of thing. But this is this was definitely more of a DJ or more of a put it on a mix as we're getting ready to go on vacation and uh, crank the song up. You know, as we're driving down to Rehoboth Beach with the family kind so of song. So here's my question to you about this: song. What makes this song work? I don't know. What is it about this song that makes it work? Because it sounds kind of you. It, it, it's such a standout song from that time, but it is also not standing out at all in that time. Well, nothing electronic. You know what it's I mean? All, it's all straight up music. You can feel that. Yeah. I think the, it hooks you right at the beginning with the, you know, with the, uh, the opening. Yeah. You and know, then those like airplane mm, sounds. Mm, <laughs> one, two, 
one, two, three, ow, you know, and then all of a sudden it just kind of kicks in. So I, I think it it kind of builds and kind of grabs you neat initially for that. And I think it's got a good hook with the chorus. So yeah, it is a know, great message um, itself. A great beginning. The, I'm a big fan of songs that have clean tone, get openings. like only guitar, op- playing open chords, uh, yep. and then it kicks into like something bigger. I love yep. I love that that type of intro. I mean. Yep. Smells like Teen Spirit is obviously the the perfect example of that type exactly. of opener because it's so extreme. But like right. uh, Creed does that with higher, like just there's something about opening a song that way that really hooks me in. From well, the and I think and that's the science of that. it. You know, to do it right, you got to get you know those those first twenty seconds. You have to get your listener. Mm-hmm. You know, and this song, song does that really that. well. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think also if you think about the times too, this you know was maybe quote unquote radical. But it was more rock radical rather than punky radical, or you know, right. or or you know, ska metal, you know, whatever was the genre of the day kind of stuff. Ska punk, oh cool. man, you know, I got some good ska punk coming. I know at some know. point, get excited. Um, but this this felt a lot more like a straight up rock song, in a lot of ways, which is weird because it feels so mainstream poppy when you go back and listen to it. Now it does, but then it didn't. Right, I don't think because it did pop that. back then was what Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. sync that kind of stuff. You know, and I think that's when when pop was going in a couple of different directions. You know, and um, and you know that's that's your Hansons and everything else. And yeah. But you had Beck, and you had Courtney Love, and you had you know you had um, Nirvana. I mean, there's a lot of different things that in a lot of different areas, everybody was kind of searching for. It was kind of style. a transition period from like the early '90s grunge stuff into the yep. more pop rocks. And and this, it, it's such a small window of time for this specific type of music. Like this music, this sound. Lines up really well with a band like Filter. You remember Filter? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- uh, what, is, what was that song? Take a Picture by Filter. Yep. Um, yep. Very similar sounds where there's kind of these like ethereal background noises and like it almost like I I just picture this song like when I hear the song I just picture like an airport with like jets flying around. You know, yeah. <laughs> like those are the sounds yep. that that I kind of hear over this song. Yeah, lay it um, over, right? that they do they do well, that with the then, guitars and and then you throw and, it into and the with again, the with the specific type of reverb on the voice and those kind of ethereal sounds it matches up really well with a song like Take a Picture by by yep. Filter like that is you listen to a song like that and you know exactly it, when that song is from it's from that transitional right. period right. from the grunge yep. into you know you you you'll start off with the early '90s looking at bands like Nirvana and then you'll move more into like you know it'll branch off you'll either go into the Marilyn Manson camp or you'll go into like the um eventually like the Matchbox 20s and right, right, that right. type of stuff but in between those two was a lot of there science. was this really weird genre yeah. of of kind of like contemporary rock or adult rock music bands like Filter uh, Dave Matthews had some similar sounds like that in Puddle there of mud. yep yep no not so much Puddle of Mud I mean that's grunge that's more grunge. Yeah, but, but that, that hit mainstream because you know it was. I think there were there were people looking for some kind of. It did, um, but you know when you're looking at like uh, you know I would include like fastball in yep. here, um, bands like that that are Lighthouse. kind of like yep. they're not that contemporary mainstream rock stuff that you see with Matchbox Twenty and Rob Thomas and yep. and Keen. Third Eye Blind and all that. But they're it's after the grunge stuff where you where you're looking at like Nirvana and stuff like that, it, and it's, it's almost obviously like it way before the hard rock stuff got really popular, like um, yep. like Corn and Disturbed and all that. So it's mid '90s. It's this weird genre. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers were deep in that genre as well. Yep. This kind of yep. ethereal pop rock type sound. I think part of it is that everybody was looking for for 
um, something. And well, they didn't know what like to do. I- it was an identity crisis of music, which not in a bad way, though, because I think what it did is it opened up a lot of different genres of music that they could kind of come to the forefront. They normally wouldn't have heard two and three and five years prior. Right. So this is what I'm thinking. So grunge was the the radical breakaway from the synth pop stuff of the 80s, right? Right. right. Nir- All led by Nirvana, right? Nirvana came out and led this movement. But yeah, th- this grunge was, was an extreme breakout of that, that pop synth stuff. Yep. But if you're not, Seattle if you want to break out of that as well, right? But you're not into the hard rock, the hard grunge. Or the super poppy. And, and you don't want to be into that poppy stuff. Like you, There's got to be something for that audience. And right. in my mind, this is this, this was it. the answer to that. People were saying, yep. okay, we don't want to make this, this poppy electronic crap anymore. Mm-hmm. But... I don't want to just smash guitars and scream into a microphone and, right. and just Alanis. be yeah. be yeah. dirty grunge band. Right. Where where is my music? And this right. was the result of those people finding well, their voice too, and their sound. This was deep into you know, and maybe near the tail end of when MTV was so big and playing music and playing. This videos. is the height of MTV in my mind. I right. mean, right. for my generation. Right. Right. The mid nineties right. to late nineties was the height the height of it. I mean, obviously right. it blew up in the eighties, but for people that are my age, this is when uh, you know, the video came out for Californication and it blew everyone away. It was like watching a video right. game. It's really bad now if you watch it, but like <laughs> people were glued to the T V when new music and, videos came out at this time. And you th- and you think about it, mainstream was probably looking for the visual as well as the songs, as well as the the hook. Well, the video and, was such a big part of the package of a song. It was. I mean, right, right. back then, you made a song, you released a single, you released the music video, you had a behind, you know, a making the video on MTV. Yep. yep. Um, it was a massive part of the package. Exactly. And exactly. and you sold posters in stores that, you know, and related you to the, the video. M- Everything MTV was all awards as well. Right. Yeah. Right, so. Right. So that's this band. You know. Um, you know and this band is a marketing machine. Right. Rise to the top quickly. And, and crash a year later. It almost seems like an experiment game, so. in in yeah. musical marketing of the time, right? Because yeah. they say yeah. they uh, like now. I, it seems like that, right. right? Looking back on it, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty, and so you sure. know you look at this guy who's now a, a successful music producer or was for years. I don't know if he still is, but I'm. Who's to say that he didn't sit there and say, "Okay, I know this formula. I've done the math. Yeah. Let's make a band. Let's cut one record. We'll adapt this formula into one specific song that's going to go nuts." And then it happened, and then he's like. See, told you we could do it. Let's move Done. on and do something yeah. else. And right. it, and let's it seems like a, a right. marketing experiment to see, let's take this algorithm, let's put these pieces together in a way that we know will probably work, and it did. Although, do you think that was really what was going on? I don't know. It could be. It could be because that they we, just struck gold. They just came up with a good song and it because right place, right time. It, would, would, would the corporate people let you go and do something like that yeah, at I, that time? You know? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And you know that that you know fast forward to you know five ten years ago that's Bruno Mars who's writing and, and producing songs for everyone else, mm-hmm. and someone said why don't you do your own stuff and he said I've got the talent watch me, and he just blew it up because he has so much more talent than almost anybody else out there with mm-hmm. you know the dance part the funk part, obviously the writing and all the other things that he does, but he for a lot of years he was you know behind the scenes and writing stuff for he wrote else. for CeeLo Green, yeah, yep, he exactly. wrote forget you. Forget you. Which is not really, I, I really hate the the uh, the clean version of that song. I know. I think it I takes know. away from it so much, but I don't want to um, say it on the show. But thank you. I hope you don't. Thank but, you. Um, Your dad's here. Remember he that wrote song. that song. 
So yeah, you know, and and when you think about this this song, the new Radical song stuff too, as tight as the Niles Broccoli is, this is sloppy. Mm. You know, it's it's you know it's got oh, a it's so sloppy. And um, it's got that real sloppy um, four bar guitar solo in the middle of it. <laughs> you know, oh, that's painful, and that's it. As a guitarist, <laughs> terrible. You know, painful to listen to. Right. Um, so how that? You know, and, I mean, how... again, is it meant to? Is it meant to be that way? You know, to kind of be a little more, you know, against the grain. I, I think. Know, I think that they just rely so heavily on the hook in this song yeah. that those little things don't really matter. Well, it's funny because a couple was it last the last one we did. Yeah, I guess it was the last um, podcast we did when we, we talked about how when you listen to "Where the Streets Have No Name," you don't know any of the words. Mm-hmm. You know the you know the chorus. You know what he's singing, but you don't know what he's saying. You don't even know what the song's about. I think this song is all about the lyrics. See, for me, it's the um, same thing. And uh, the groove, as, anything else? But but I know I know all the words to this. I can sing every one of, every one of the words to this. And right, I know, but you, you've yeah. probably read them in the liner notes because you can't understand what he's saying half the time. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe just because I've heard it for so many years or something like that. But the first line's um, really cool, though. Wake up, yeah. kids! You got the dreamer's disease. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I know. Again, it's one of those things that sounds really deep when you're like 14 years old, and then you listen to it later, yeah. and you're like, "Yeah, it's yeah. kind of dumb, but kind of cool." <laughs> That's what I was saying, like a breakout song, you know, a, a coming of age kind of song that yeah. way too. So, so you know, not a lot of deep stuff going on. Just a a cool song that I think resonates with people that when you hear it, it's like, and and again. Not that I would, if I was still DJing now, I probably wouldn't pull it out and play it, but... Yeah, I, I, I would advise against that, and it doesn't might, have the, so, the lasting power. I might throw it on at the tail end of dinner, because after, you know, you have to do dinner music and everything else, you always kick it up a notch for, for to get that internal beat going, mm-hmm. and, you know, you start to manipulate people, so they're going to start to kind of get used to, you know, hopefully they're going to be tapping their feet and everything else, so I'd always kind of kick it up a little and... and you know, throw something like this on the people. Yeah, maybe one of those, oh my God, I haven't heard this song forever. Do you remember right, this? And then right, people start right. bobbing their heads and stuff, but I would never, and they never I would never play this like during the dancing section no, of a wedding anymore. No, no, um, no way. It just doesn't no have the staying power. Certain songs have staying power. This one does not. Yeah. No, it does not. And, it, you know, it was a short window anyway for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, they wrote it like that. Point. They had to know that, like, this song's going to be outdated a, a couple years from now. And we... Right. Right. That's just what it Unless is. Unless they were just so full of themselves that they really believe that, you know, that whole shtick at the end. That Well, that's what makes me think that. Ass in, that's what kind of makes know, me think back. that, okay, let's look at this algorithm. Let's, you know, we, we know the equation for what's going to work. And it almost like that's like the ultimate kind of rebellious act in this whole thing is they say, we know the formula. We're going to yeah. show you that this works on a formula. And right. how all right. pop songs are just calculated in a way that they just dial it in. Could be. And they, sa- yeah. and they said, okay. We're going to add this element. We're going to put this type of intro on it. We're going to give you this type of hook. It's going to be in this key, in this we'll BPM, actually, and we're going to market we'll it this call way. call it out at the end. Yep, we're going to give it this type of uh, video. <laughs> this is going to be the marketing behind it. It's going to call out the specific pop culture events that's happening at this time, and it's yep. going to go crazy. People are going to eat it up. But a year from yep. now, no one's going to care about it, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because we effing told you so. That yeah, this is how it works. We know how yeah. to beat the system, and that's yeah. what I see looking back on this song, which is actually research that, which is actually really cool. <laughs> research that to find out that's really what what happened. You know, go down that rabbit hole. I'd love to talk um, to what's his name, Greg Alexander. Greg Alexander. I'd love to, I'd love to talk to him. Find him. Yeah. To we maybe we can reach out to him. I, I'd love to yeah. talk to him about this and see if that's to me. That would be 
really cool if that's what it yeah. was they were just like listen we're gonna make one band we're gonna cut one record and we're gonna show you that all pop music is a formula that anyone can do and we're gonna just prove it to you and I'll, that's i'll cool. bet that interview has happened you know rolling stone yeah, maybe 10 years later or something like that you know that that interview probably but it was such that's, a that's one hit wonder if you said the yeah. band new radicals no one's gonna know who you're talking about did rolling right. stone right. even bother right you know because it was such a flash but in the pan. You know that you, when you hear it, you know that song. Yeah, right. But no one's thinking about this song. No, no. That's, that's why thing. I wanted to do something like this, something different. Right. It, that's why it's great to revisit. Right. But no one's right. thinking about this song right now. So when you say, "Did Rolling Stone talk to him five years later?" Guarantee that that didn't happen because oh, right, right. No one's right. thinking about that song. Or a year or two later. Such a, such but, a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. You know. So just a cool song. Like it. Yeah, what's your favorite part? Beginning. You know, when, when, you know, Don't say Rob Thomas. Who would you have cover this song? You were going to say Rob Thomas, weren't you? Well, I might have. I don't know. I didn't think of that initially. Um, Somebody that could bring it to that level, could drive it. Darius Rucker. Hootie. Yeah, think so? With Hootie and the Blowfish or just as With Hootie, yep. With Hootie. Oh, you know what? I can't picture it. You know what? How about OAR? Yeah. Yeah. OAR could do this, I think. You know, so every so yeah. often at the tail end of the show, they would pull out, like, that's when you hear, like, Born to Run, and they they pull out these classic songs, like, where'd that come from? I can hear them doing mm-hmm. something like this. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That's a good one. And and one of those where people in, in the audience are going to know this because they probably grew up with the band, they listened to them, and this was when they were in middle school or high school. Wow, I haven't heard mm. this in a long time. I can't believe they're playing that song from when I was in high school. Uh, yep, I can see. I can see. I, I'll change it up to OAR. Nice. I don't yeah. have a top five. Do you have anything else about this song? No, just uh, I like it. I, I wanted to, and, and and I don't know how I found it other than I remember seeing it. It's like, oh, I love that song, and I put it on my my podcast list when I was so excited that you asked me to do this in the in the first time we started talking about mm. it. And as I would go through and find another song and find another song, and I keep adding, like I've added that one twice. So that has some merit. Obviously, right. there was some reason why I liked it for that reason. So yeah, and then you, you know, got to really that, listen to it closely to dissect what why you like it so yep. much. And yep. But I get listen to it again today. You know, when you said a couple hours ago, "Hey, let's do one tonight." Like, oh, I got to find a song. Mm-hmm. I went through my list. Like that song I've been wanting to do for a while too. Let me listen to it again. And it all came right back. Yeah, came right back. Yeah, right it back. puts you in a in a time and place. Uh, I think both the songs that we talked about today did that. Yep. And, a lot of uh, head bobbing, a lot of dancing. A lot of head bobbing, yeah. A lot of memories, you know, from uh, from younger days, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It just brings you right back. And right. Um, and the ironic thing is, when you're thinking about some of those memories, I'm on the other side of the table playing those, thinking of your dances in high school, or maybe even you know some of the f- the fraternity formal. See, for me, this song is is sitting song, in the computer room. By the way, if you're you know, Gen Z, you don't know what we're talking about. But if you're a millennial, you know what we're talking about. The computer room um, <laughs> where you had your big stereo system and, you know, That's right. sitting on the floor, looking at the liner notes, trying to figure out what side of the CD to put in correctly. <laughs> right, um, right. And just listening and to it. And trying to um, not get caught listening to naps the stuff. Right. right. Me and me and Katie had a lot of, of nights just sitting in that room playing music, um, yeah. playing CDs, yeah. growing through your CDs. You probably didn't want us doing that, but we, we did a lot of that. And so, um, 
this is that's the memory that this song brings back. I don't remember hearing this at dances or anything like that. I don't really did, remember did, those much. Is this a song that you and Katie both would have put on and like liked and yeah. cranked up? Yeah, and, yeah for yeah. sure. Growing up, for yeah. sure. Okay, yeah. great. Which again, I, I and I probably would have put it on some of those. If you don't know our family, um, we have this history and we still kind of do it. We'll probably do it this summer if we get a chance to go on vacation together and you know we kind of come out of you know some some kind of lockdown where we would put a mix in, you know, and it, back in the day it was, you know, I, I'd burn a CD and the minute we got in the car to drive on vacation somewhere, the CD goes in and no one can sleep or anything. I mean, even if we're leaving at three o'clock in the morning, like everyone has to listen to every song <laughs> and this song would probably be on it because of you guys. I'm sure at some point. Okay. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a personal songs for our family. So some people might be listening to it and say like, ah, Whatever it's yeah. just this pop, pop rock crap from the. But 90s, if you listen but... carefully, they they they're gonna enjoy it more than they thought, yeah. and it might be because you're not listening. Yeah, they're not listening. So mm-hmm. I don't have a top five uh, for this week because we kind of threw this episode together pretty quickly. But yeah, it, listeners, send us co- connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Give us top five suggestions for what you want us to do. You know, we've done top five Christmas songs. We've done top five songs to listen to while in quarantine. You know, a couple different different things and so we'll do more of those in the future but i will say one song that i listen to all the time that you introduced to me on this show that i'd never heard before but i still listen to it multiple times a week uh on purpose is um hole of the moon great isn't it it's just it's grown on me so i mean i liked it when you first played it for me but it's one of those things where if i'm just putting on music and I just want something playing, but I can't decide what I want. I'll throw that on and I'm like, oh, it's just so good. And I'll just listen to it like, yeah. And then just yeah. enjoy it. And, and it's uh watch, watch the video too. The live, the live video of that. Have you seen that? No, you know, I don't, I, I don't spend a lot of time watching videos. I, I, no. I, I play music when I'm doing other things. Yeah. Um, or I'm, or because I, or I listen to it and I don't want to be distracted by it, video. So it's a, it's a pretty clean version. It's not, it doesn't really divert, you know, from the original. But it's nice to see the enthusiasm of a live performance yeah. around it, especially with the, the instrumentation where everyone's just cranking at the end of the song. Cool. Um, yeah, great song. Yeah, so I just wanted to call yeah. that out and let you know that I, I appreciate you introducing me to that song yeah, because it's, it's, yeah. I like it a lot and I listen to it all the time. Um, yeah. And I, I want to hear if anyone else that's listening has been introduced to a song from this show or from other shows or, or from a friend and kind of what that story is and if there's any songs that they – were introduced to recently that they really like and they listen to all the time. So yep. send us those song stories. We really want to hear them. We're not getting too many song stories in, so please, you know, yeah. help us out. One of the things we're, we're hoping Joy, to do I'm looking is, at you, um, our number one fan. Yeah, and, and Joy, she's got some stickers down there on, on uh, some of those uh, vehicles she has down there. Nice. On, uh, I think it's North Carolina, not South Carolina. North Carolina. Um, North Carolina. But we're, we're, we're getting people who are, uh, who are chiming in on a regular basis and, you know, almost thinking like, okay, Joy, you know, Brian, Jim Wilkinson, whatever, like, you know, Dick O'Laughlin, get ready because we're going to have you as a guest host. And Yeah, we're going to start having some more guests. Well. And, I, and we're trying to yep. reach out to some musicians as well to come on and talk about either their songs or songs that they love. So look for yep. that in the future. Don't get your hopes up. Like we're not, we probably won't have CeeLo Green or Rob Thomas on here, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the new radicals. Maybe the new radicals. Yeah, who knows? Um <laughs> But that's all I have for tonight. Yep, me too. So thank you so much for listening. Remember to be safe, social distance, stay hydrated, wash your hands, and listen to good music. And subscribe to You're Not Listening, wherever you listen. Keep everything going, too. Don't try to end this too short. You know, like we want to 
you want to get out of it too. All of us once to kind of get back some no, but don't uh, don't force it too too early. Yep. We got to make sure everybody's safe. So. All right. Well, that's that. So thank you so much, and we right. will talk to you next time. See you, folks. Be safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.